We gonna start this thing all right. Duval in the motherfucking house. Come on, come on. Do it, baby, stick it, baby. 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 Come on. Shake it on, take it out. Hey, show them what it's all about. Hey, shake it on, shake it out. Hey, show them what it's all about. You got a lot to be smiling for. Smile, bitch. Smile, bitch. Come on. So what the fuck you be wildin' for? Smile, bitch. Smile, bitch. Come, Come on. on. I get my grin on. I'm smiling, bitch, because I always get my win on. I've been on so many different stages. Grace the cover of a hundred magazine pages. Made people smile everywhere that I went. I even put it on the first black president. It's evident I'm hot as a crock pot. With a big ass smile like Mr. Hot Spot. You got a lot to be smiling for. Welcome to Blurge United, whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Disa, as ever with Yazzie, and we're just a blur couple, navigating our way through all these geek fandoms and uniting them for your consumption. And jump right into the news. News coming in from a galaxy far, far away suggests Pedro Pascal has been cast as the lead in The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, obviously, is the John Favreau-led uh, Star Wars continuity show that centers on a lone gunslinger on the edges of space. Um, they started shooting this show earlier this year. Um, set photos showed a very large very expensive looking set um, even George Lucas had to come down and I'm sure he must have approved because he took a picture with John Favreau himself and it was great um, the show is set to come out sometime in 2019 on Disney's new Disney Plus streaming service or they call them direct to consumer streaming services now that direct to consumer part was apparently very very important um, Pedro Pascal, obviously, is a Chilean-born actor who was famously uh, cast as Oberyn Martell in the fourth season, I think it was, of Game of Thrones. He's actually one of my all-time favorite characters on the, on the Game of Thrones. I thought his addition was brilliant. He was sexy, suave, and I just hated the way he went out. He's also played uh, Javier Peña on uh, Narcos, which is a show I don't actually watch. People always wonder about that. Like, why don't I watch Narcos? I'm just like, it doesn't really interest me. Colombian mafioso drug things, meh, I'm okay. Um, but that's not taking anything away from the actors. I think that from all accounts, I hear that they're doing a great job. I'm just particularly not interested in that particular kind of media. That's just me. Um, he was last seen in The Equalizer, obviously next to Denzel Washington. Definitely gives him some kudos in my book. That was a fire movie. Um, and he's going to be in uh, Wonder Woman 84. Um, he was obviously cast next to Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. Um, look, I think this is great news. I like Pedro Pascal. I think that uh, his turn in, um, uh, what is it, Kingsman? Golden Circle was one of the better parts of what was a bad movie, in my estimation. Yes, I said it. It wasn't a great movie. Um, I think that he has the kind of stage presence that is needed to carry a leading role. 
I've long wanted him to be a lead in a movie like this. In, in something, in something. He needs to be the lead in something. He has, he's a handsome dude who's a great actor and he has a certain suave to him that I think can really carry in something like The Mandalorian. And I'm really looking forward to checking out what he does with it and the show in general. Um, this actually got me pretty damn excited actually to watch The Mandalorian and I just wish it would come out today. As always, tell us what you think in the comments or DM us. So, as you guys know, we've been fairly loosely, fairly closely following the whole situation with the Chilling Tales, Chilling Tales of Sabrina and the temple, the, the satanic temple lawsuit. So recently, I think as of today, if I'm not wrong, yeah, I think it was as of today, it was made clear that the satanic temple is not the satanic church or the church of Satan. Now, the Reverend Joel Ethan wants people to really understand that the two are, are separate entities. He personally believes that Netflix has no has done no wrong. There's been no infringement on the copyright of the um, Baphomet statue that the Satanic Temple is suing for. He wants people to understand this and make it very clear. And as we have probably come to realize by now for doing our research, Netflix has built their own sculpture. Obviously it has a reference to the satanic um, temple, but that's on the basis that every other Baphomet statue <laughs> looks the same has a a, a a basic idea or basic look and we can't say that oh because one looks similar to the other it means that they copied each other no unless you're literally taking the physical thing and putting it in your thing there's no wrong being done but um it it, it it's interesting how the actual Church of Satan is kind of like, nah, we, 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 we ain't associated with, with that dude over there. He's, he's, he's tripping. And it makes me think of like other religions that have done similar things. And it's funny that in a weird way we get to see the Church of Satan in the same light that we've seen other religions. It's almost refreshing. It's something that is needed because, hey man, I'm like, alright, they're religion, they can do their thing. Let's see what else they have for us. But yeah, all in all, they are stating that they are the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan are two separate entities, and the Church of Satan has no issue with Netflix. And they see that Netflix has done no wrong 
in this copyright situation. Because the stash that they have in the show is not an exact copy. And that is that. Uh, hey, uh, so uh, I guess get this. Um, you know that movie that came out a while ago? Yeah, it's uh, Creed? Yeah, stars retiring me. I'm Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. No, that was a terrible Stallone. Worst Stallone accent ever. But anyway, the Creed 2 soundtrack is out. That is correct. Um, the Creed 2 soundtrack is out. It follows Creed 2, obviously. Sorry, follows on from Creed, the Ryan Coogler written and directed effort that centered around Adonis Creed, son of the late great Apollo Creed in the Rocky universe. Sylvester Stallone obviously co-starred in this movie alongside Michael B. Jordan, and it was a wonderful movie um, that that really painted a very different picture of a world that that we are very familiar with over the course of six goddamn movies. I thought there were no more stories to be told in the Rocky universe, but that shows you just how good a filmmaker Ryan Coogler is. That he can he can take something that we have seen so much of and turn it into, this is brilliant, it's new, it's comparable to the very, not the very best, it's not, it's not comparable to Rocky 1 or 2 or... Hell, even four. But it is certainly comparable. Well, maybe Rocky three. Maybe Rocky three. I don't know. Rocky one. There's no competing with that. Rocky one is a singular movie. One of the greatest ever movies ever made. One is one of the greatest written movies ever made. But anyway, the soundtrack for Rocky for Creed two is out. And if you know anything about Rocky soundtracks or the Rocky universe, is that music is a key component. It it adds fuel to the entire thing and allows you to get into mindsets. I'm a former amateur, pretty crappy athlete, and I know that music is very, very important to the entire mindset of an athlete. I listen to music to get myself into the right headspace, to listen to things, and this is what um, Adonis Creed certainly does just before a fight. Um, the music underscores everything and gives you great meaning, even more so than normal in a movie, because you know what the actor is thinking. Um, it's shorthand, very often. Um, Creed 2 soundtrack is going to include artists like Lil Wayne, Young Thug, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, The ASAPs, um, that's ASAP Rocky and ASAP Ferg, uh, Nicki Minaj, Rick Ross, Nas, 2 Chains, and more. That's not even it. That's just like touching the and touching the top of it. Mike will made it. We shared a picture on our Instagram of Mike will made it, um, and Kendrick Lamar working on the soundtrack. And look, I don't give a goddamn who you are. This thing is gonna be fire. I am predicting good things from this soundtrack. Uh, I think this movie uh, directed by um, uh, what's his name? I don't have it right here in front of me. My assistant needs to be fired. <laughs> um, uh, Capel Jr. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. I follow him on Instagram. If he's listening to this, and I know he's not, um, I forgive me, please. But um, this, I think, this movie is going to be really, really good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And here, look at listening to the music. I'm as looking forward to the soundtrack as I am the actual movie. That's just me. Tell us what you think. Now, speaking of Sabrina. AKA the Chilling Tales of. Not Chilling Tales. I keep saying this. I don't know why though. 
the chilling adventures of Sabrina. It looks like it's gonna get its own Christmas special. Now, if you are a Whovian like myself, you've probably heard the other news of this season not getting a Christmas special, and that's a first. And I mean the season of Doctor Who not getting a Christmas special. And it boggles my mind as to why, but that's for another time. I, right now, am of the opinion that because Doctor Who is not getting its typical Christmas special, that Netflix has decided upon itself that for once it's gonna give one of its shows a Christmas special to take up that slot that most people will be watching Doctor Who. So The Chilling Tales, oh my god, I need to stop saying it's not The Chilling Tales, it's The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We'll be coming back with a Christmas special on the 14th of December. And it's said to be called A Midwinter's Tale. Now, as we know, the first 10 episodes we got this past October. And season two is soon to come, if all works out. So to get a Christmas special on a new show like this, I think is is interesting, especially because outside of my own opinion, which was I could do without Sabrina herself being in the show, I wanted to watch everything else outside of Sabrina, Outside of my opinion about that, everyone I have talked to about this show has had a fairly similar feel for it. So I wonder how well the ratings for this Christmas special will end up doing. Will it be a complete flop? Or will it actually bring the life we need for season two? Will it get us hungry for season two? Or we'll just be like, yeah, can you do a whole recasting Netflix because the girl who plays Sabrina, I'm not even willing to find out what her actual name is, to be honest with you, it just isn't doing the job that we wanted. Like, I've said this already, I would watch everyone else and everything else outside of Sabrina herself. She's the only issue with the entire show. So yeah, instead of a Doctor Who Christmas special this year, which breaks my heart in so many ways, we're getting a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Christmas special. Yay, what a brilliant end to 2018. Good God. Overrated. Look, for years, for years, Rick Grimes was the centerpiece of The Walking Dead. Think about it. The show even begins with him. 
it starts with him it follows him his his journey through this new world of the the dead coming back to life and haunting us with their trying trying to eat our brains and all that he goes to hospital we don't follow the other characters in the show we followed him we we looked at him in bed alone he's the leader of the group he's he's for, for years we've just been following him he didn't want to be the leader of the group as he plainly stated in the last episode he never wanted to be the leader of the group but things need to get done and if things need doing he's going to do it that's who rick is we followed him we 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 went with every single decision of his until they started getting questioned and this is where the show starts turning a little bit his decisions have been questioned even before this last season we were questioning whether or not he's actually a good guy i mean think about it. when they landed in Alex- alexandria right we get to alexandria and i was actually thinking rick is kind of an asshole i mean he's biting people's necks off and he's he's he's, he's he's killing people right there in the middle of the goddamn street and when they get to alexandria and then even morgan who who's lived a fucked up life in this new world is like dude rick what the hell are you doing dude you you can't be doing that so his decisions were questioned even then so it was not but but we followed it but we followed it all we were like yeah no that's that's fine we're going to follow it because he's the story We all sort of should, should have seen the writing on the wall when when Carl died, right? That's was that was the moment where like actually because a lot of us had this idea that Carl was actually the narrator of the show. That this show was actually about Carl, really. And that event he was going to tell the story of his father. But it turns out that wasn't true. And it turns out Rick wasn't the narrator either. This show isn't about Rick, right? Look. When a show has gone on for as many seasons as The Walking Dead, you got two choices. You got only two choices. You can end it. You know, try and figure out an ending over here. You can try and like say, "Okay, how are we going to end this?" But that comes with its own problems. Cuz I mean, do you really want to deal with an ending? Do you want to really Game of Thrones this and wait wait to give people an ending? Hey, you can do that. So then the other option is obviously to carry on. But in order to carry on, you got to do some things. You got to change how the show works because that's what people were complaining about. It's like they were people were saying end this thing or figure out a way of moving forward. That's the decision you got. Especially when Sneegan came in there, we didn't like that. And we lost a lot of viewers when Sneegan came on because they were repeating something. We all said, and I said, how is he different than the governor? I mean yeah he's he's harsh he's just a he's he's just like a harder version of the governor that's what it seemed like they never really explored that character or gave him any context or backstory in some ways they gave the governor more respect than they gave Negan but look with this show you can, they did what they had to do over here they time jumped they and took away all the barriers to progress because that's what Rick was. They took a barrier of progress of the show away and said, "Okay, we're taking him away. Where is this world now? 3, 4, 5 years in in the future." That's what they did with the show and that's a good decision by the showrunners. But little unbeknownst to them, all they did was make the show soap opera. It has all the elements of a soap opera. Never-ending story continuously evolving world where more outlandish shit happens. I mean, right now we're we're getting to the world where we've been on this thing for like 10 years and now the walkers are set to evolve, right? 
Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, look, all I'm saying is, Rick, I salute you. You're not just a you're just you're not just a good character. You're a great character. I loved the character of Rick, but he was a barrier to the show's success. And I think that the starting to rise ratings of The Walking Dead prove that the impact of Rick Grimes leaving the show might have been overrated. And maybe they should have done this a long time ago. Underrated. So obviously, earlier this week, we got news that the late, great Stan Lee had passed. And um, it got us all thinking and, you know, eulogizing and remembering all the good times that we had with his characters and everything like that. But I got something for you. If I told you to think about Stan Lee, the first thing you're probably going to think about is his outstanding heroes and villains, right? You're thinking about Spider-Man. You're thinking about Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Namor, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, you know, Professor X, Beast, Cyclops, Jean Grey. You're thinking about those ones. You're probably thinking of maybe even the villains you're thinking about. You're thinking about Dr. Octopus. You're thinking about, oh, I don't know. You're, you're thinking about Shocker. You're thinking about the Vulture. You're thinking about Kingpin. You're thinking about... Uh, Let's, let's look at it. Uh, Red Skull, you're thinking about, you know, these kind of guys. That's who you're thinking about, right? But look, in my estimation, and this might just be my estimation, but I, I doubt that, Marvel succeeds not because they have amazing heroes and villains or because they draw better than anybody else. So they have great titanic battles between these two heroes and villains, these two sides. They succeed because they've always given equal amount of time to the person to the between the mask and the person behind the mask. The side characters are critical. The side characters are the ones who give context. So let's go back and play that word association game. Let's say the Hulk. What are you thinking? You're probably thinking the US Army, you're thinking General Thaddeus Ross, right? But what if I told, I countered that with Betty Ross. I say, you say Spider-Man, I say Mary Jane Watson and Aunt May. You say Iron Man, I say Iron Man, you're going to say something like, oh, I don't know, Iron, the warmonger, you know, the, the, the man, be, what is that guy? The guy with the 10 rings of whatever. I say Pepper Potts. You say Thor, I say Jane Foster. You say Daredevil, I say Foggy Nelson. You say Captain America, I say Dr. Erskine. Look, the characters that make a universe are not the heroes and villains. These are extremes. These guys are left and right. You know, they are the, on the spectrum. If you look at this as a spectrum, they are far end one way and on, they're far on either side. The people who make a universe a universe are you and me. We're the regular people. We are, we are the regular people who make a universe a universe. These characters are the best versions of us because they take those extremes and say, we're not black or white, we're those lovely shades of gray in between. That's what the side characters were. They are the ones who give the characters motivation. They are the ones who say you have every right to live your life however you want and I'm gonna defend that right. 
every single goddamn minute of my life. I'm going to defend your right to live your life and find out who you want to be, why you want to be that, how you want to be that, to live your life. That's what the heroes are fighting for, really, when we break it down nuts and bolts. And Spider-Man never fought for truth, justice, in the whatever way. He fought for Mary Jane. He fought for Aunt May. He fought for Uncle Ben. You know, the Hulk wants to live a life. The reason Bruce Banner wants to live a life is so he can one day, maybe, settle down with Betty Ross. You know? I just think that we need to remember that those side characters that he created are the universe that these characters play in. And they, and they give them equal amount of resources, mental resources, to combat everything that they go out there into the world and fight. Or fight against. I think that when we think about Stan Lee, we shouldn't just think about the heroes or villains that he created. We should think about his vision of you and me. He painted a true vision of normal people, an honest vision that we screw up sometimes. Sometimes we're not the smartest. Sometimes we we err, we do good, but that's worth fighting for. And sometimes the people who need to fight that battle for us are those black and white heroes and villains. But sometimes those heroes and villains need somebody to they need they need somebody they know they're going to fight for so i think when we think about stan lee and we think about his passing we should also think about the side characters who we all of us you me and everybody has kind of underrated after his passing overrated for my underrated i have to say um, um, hmm. Okay. Dwayne Johnson. I love the man. I loved him when he was a wrestler. I loved him as The Rock. He, he was part of my childhood. I would watch every Sunday, especially with my dad. And we'd just sit watching wrestling, laugh at all the stuff that went on. And then with family friends, male family friends, I would try to do some of the stunts with them. But, mm, his acting career. <sighs> like, oh my god. Like, I feel like I'm... Alright. I don't understand why money gets constantly thrown at him. He's not an amazing actor, firstly. Like, first and foremost. He's not an amazing actor, and money needs to be taken away from him, to be honest. Like, take it all back. Like, call back the monies, please. Call it back. Fast. But, he just keeps getting jobs. We recently posted about how he's gonna be in um red notice this movie this action comedy movie with gal gadot and i i was like okay that's like the fourth movie that i'm hearing about from him 
Like, just this year alone, I think he's had, like, what, three or four movies come out that he was in. And I'm like, why? I understand constantly working to get your, your, your craft up and stuff. But when you're constantly working on shit that you're like, this is not a good movie. This, why? Why is it breaking box office? Like, why is it making money? This is a terrible movie. Why are people still thinking that this man, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is a actor? He really isn't. Like, at least not in the way people are trying to make him seem. Like, they keep throwing money at him and he doesn't deserve that money. And I've just been reading recently that... There's another movie, after Red Notice, that we've been talking about. There's another movie that he's going to be in called Fighting With My Family. Granted, though, composure, it happens to interestingly be a WWE movie based on a true story. So maybe for once, we're going to get the best acting out of Dwayne The Rock Johnson because this is a movie that actually I would say fits who he is I know for the longest time he's trying to be getting away from that oh I'm The Rock can you you smell what The Rock is cooking nonsense but that's who we know him as and that's what we loved about him But I don't get it. Like, it, it it irks me. It really irks me because he's constantly getting work. But he's not qualified to be getting the work he gets. Like, if I think about Fast and the Furious movies, especially these most recent ones that he's actually been in, to me... He took away from those movies. Like, they could have been magic, but he took away from them. And I can't... I can't let that slide. I know he's also been trying this comedy aspect of things with Kevin Hart. And that's worked only on the basis of Kevin Hart has been in them. I personally like Kevin Hart's you know comedy he has his own personal issues that i have my other situations with but his comedy i really enjoy and that's what made those movies in my opinion work for the rock outside of that the rock needs to take a seat back and just stop trying to work and and try be this you know hollywood's perfect good boy good man kind of nonsense because We've heard the stories of how he's amazing to work with. He has great work ethic, but co-stars are like, bitch nigga ain't shit. Bitch nigga got attitude for no reason. Who the hell does he think he is? We know the issue that he had with Tyrese. We know the issue he's having with um, Vin Diesel. He ain't shit, people. And we need to realize that. We need to stop allowing him to be in movies for a good five years, I think. He needs to 
go back to acting school and hone his craft better figure out who he wants to be as an actor because I we frankly not just me hell me and Disa really believe that this is not for him <laughs> like mm, no okay I was actually talking to Disa this week about this before I started recording this that okay if we were to put together all the movies that he's been in it's literally the same damn character from the first movie he was in I think which is like so cool or something like that I may be wrong correct me if I'm wrong but I think it was so cool to what's the latest thing he's been in right now it might have been a fast movie that it was in no was it fast movie or was it some other movie where he's supposed to be like a security guard or some shit like that never watched it yeah no but if you put them all together he's literally playing the same person and that isn't a great person to be playing like it's kind of meh like what else you got i did however say i would watch um red notice but that's because not because of dwayne johnson mind you that's actually because of gal gadot because as much as she is an overrated actress as well to me i want to see her in an action comedy I want to see what she can do. I want to see if she can prove me wrong that she can actually have those acting chops. So, that's honestly the only reason why I'm prepared to watch Red Notice. Not because of Dwayne Johnson, but because I want to see what Gal Gadot has. Because I know Dwayne Johnson's character is going to be the exact same person he's played in everything else he has. He doesn't have the skills to be anything else than the same routine character it's kind of boring now give us something else and that's why he's my overrated this week underrated so obviously earlier this week we got news that the late great stan lee had passed and um it got us all thinking and you know eulogizing and remembering all the good times that we had with his characters and everything like that. But I got something for you. If I told you to think about Stan Lee, the first thing you're probably gonna think about is his outstanding heroes and villains, right? You're thinking about Spider-Man. You're thinking about Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Namor, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, you know, Professor X, Beast, Cyclops, Jean Grey, you're thinking about those ones you're probably thinking maybe even the villains you're thinking about you're thinking about dr octopus you're thinking about oh i don't know you're you're thinking about shocker you're thinking about the vulture you're thinking about kingpin you're thinking about um let's let's look at it uh red skull you're thinking about you know these kind of guys that's who you're thinking about right but look in my estimation and this might just be my estimation but i i doubt that Marvel succeeds not because they have amazing heroes and villains, 
or because they draw better than anybody else. So they have great titanic battles between these two heroes and villains, these two sides. They succeed because they've always given equal amount of time to the person to the between the mask and the person behind the mask. To this end of the person behind the mask, the side characters are critical. The side characters are the ones who give context. So let's go back and play that word association game. Let's say the Hulk. What are you thinking? You're probably thinking the US Army. You're thinking General Thaddeus Ross, right? But what if I told I countered that with Betty Ross? I say you say Spider-Man, I say Mary Jane Watson and Aunt May. You say Iron Man, I say Iron Man, you're gonna say something like, oh, I don't know, uh, Iron uh, the warmonger. You know, the, the, the man, be, uh, what is that guy? The guy with the 10 rings of whatever. I say Pepper Potts. You say Thor. I say Jane Foster. You say Daredevil. I say Foggy Nelson. You say Captain America. I say Dr. Erskine. Look, the characters that make a universe are not the heroes and villains. These are extremes. These guys are left and right. You know, they are the, on the spectrum. If you look at this as a spectrum, they are far end one way and on, they're far on either side. The people who make a universe a universe are you and me. We're the regular people. We are, we are the regular people who make a universe a universe. These characters are the best versions of us because they take those extremes and say, we're not black or white. Were those lovely shades of gray in between? That's what the side characters were. They are the ones who give the characters motivation. They are the ones who say you have every right to live your life however you want, and I'm going to defend that right every single goddamn minute of my life. I'm going to defend your right to live your life and find out who you want to be, why you want to be that, how you want to be that, to live your life. That's what the heroes are fighting for. Really, when we break it down, nuts and bolts. And Spider-Man never fought for truth, justice, and the whatever way. He fought for Mary Jane. He fought for Aunt May. He fought for Uncle Ben. You know, the Hulk wants to live a life. The reason Bruce Banner wants to live a life is so he can one day, maybe, settle down with Betty Ross. You know? I just think that we need to remember that those side characters that he created are the universe that these characters play in and they and they give them equal amount of resources mental resources to combat everything that they go out there into the world and fight or fight against i think that when we think about stan lee we shouldn't just think about the heroes or villains that he created we should think about his vision of you and me. He painted a true vision of normal people, an honest vision that we screw up sometimes. Sometimes we're not the smartest. Sometimes we, we err, we do good, but that's worth fighting for. And sometimes the people who need to fight that battle for us are those black and white heroes and villains. But sometimes those heroes and villains need somebody to they need they need somebody they know they're gonna fight for so i think when we think about stan lee 
and we think about his passing, we should also think about the side characters who we, all of us, you, me, and everybody, has kind of underrated after his passing. Overrated. Look, I'm not gonna waste your time uh, with, with this last one. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, this is about Sabrina. This is about Sabrina, the chilling tales of Sabrina, right? And I have this whole format for how I write these over and unders and whatnot, but I, I, you know, like I start off with, I have it written here. Why is it rated the way it is? I have no goddamn idea. I don't know why people are watching this show. This thing is trash. Look, maybe it's the best of a bad bunch. You know, I'm not a big Halloween fan. I don't do the whole Halloween thing. I don't, I don't trick or treat. I don't do any of that crap. I mean, I like candy and I like cosplaying. And people think that I would like the whole spooky nonsense, but I'm like, no, I don't. I don't actually dig it. I, it actually annoys the hell out of me this time of year. And because and because all we're gonna get is a whole bunch of slasher flicks that suck, and that's exactly what we got. We got more and more bad movies that don't actually scare us. We're told they're horror movies, whatever. You know, like all we got this term was a whole bunch of bad Halloween meh. Maybe it's part of the, maybe one of the reasons I didn't like this show was because of this obsession that we have now for dark content. Everything is dark for dark's sake. And when you're doing something dark for dark's sake, just taking a well-beloved character and making them dark for dark's sake, it's, you know, it's whatever. You know, you, you can do that if you want, but that doesn't mean anybody's going to watch or has to watch or is going to like what you're doing. Look. Part of the thing about it is liking something because it's not the worst thing out there. That's crazy. Look, I, I, I kind of thought of this Halloween period, this spooky time is 2 a.m. at a bar and you got to choose between between the chick who looks like King Kong or the other one who looks like Swamp Thing and you, you got to get out of it. You, you want to get out of there, right? And you're like, oh, God, and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I choose Kong or do I choose Swamp Thing over there? And then, you know, you make a decision. You, you're just like, okay, screw it. I'm, I'm going to go with Swamp Thing. Two words, moisture. And that's the whole thing, right? But that doesn't mean you have to marry it. I don't have to marry Swamp Thing. I don't have to. I don't have to tell anybody about it and say, "Oh my God, my, my my last night. Oh my God, I was with Swamp Thing. It was delightful. Christ, man, people are loving this show, and I don't understand it. Like, there's nothing to like about. It. Maybe you guys can tell me, because in my guesstimation, this show is a burst sewer main of entertainment. It is just crap, just just everywhere." All those slow cuts of of, of of these of these of these girls walking slowly and and it, it, it was like it reminded me of a of a preteen Victoria's Secrets cosplay or something, you know. It, it, the show had a has a confusing tempo. And like th there were times where I'm just watching the show and I'm like I'm watching like episode three or something and I'm just like, oh okay, so the show I I check the time and I'm like, is this show? Oh, it's not a, it's not about to end. Oh Christ, why do I feel like it's going to end? Because they've already done a finished the storyline. They've already finished the story arc in that episode. And then they're going to go another one and another one. They're like three episodes inside one episode sometimes. And then one episode, like some episodes just like never seem to end. It, 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 it's confused. It's, it's not built for binging. It's built for sometimes it's, it shoots between a binging type show and another sometimes it's split between being a, 
it streams into being a a show about that, that comes out week to week. It's confusing. The, and there's the open storylines from like the first episode. Whole open storylines from the first episode that just never got addressed. Which one am I talking about? I'm talking about the the witch hunters. The witch hunters. Remember that? Where 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 Ambrose finds the, the the witch's mark on the person. That seemed like a big deal to me. If they're witch hunters hunting witches in a show about witches, that feels like a big deal. That feels like something you might want to get back to. If you're going to start the show on that, you better come back to that on the show. And they just never did. It's like, hey, we're just going to fade out and talk, not talk about that yet. It seemed like more of an entryway to getting Ambrose laid than it ever did actually about being witch hunters on a witcher show. Confused. And then there was the then comes the worst part, the annoyingly entitled, unconvincing, charming lead. Uncharming lead. I mean, I I'm not a fan. I don't want to get rude. I just I didn't think she did a good job. And the character herself was so goddamn entitled. I, at times I wanted to just 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 this karate chopper in the throat to stop her talking. Like, just, just, just stop right there. It was, I, I just didn't buy her acting. I thought she's probably the worst actor on the show, which you shouldn't be able to say about your lead character. There are some saving graces, though. There are some saving graces. I thought the two aunts, aunts led by Miranda Otto, were great. They were excellent. They were excellent with a very bad script. I don't think they got great lines, but they made the most of it. You saw their, you saw their acting chops coming to the fore, and they kind of saved the show from being worse, if that's possible. I thought Ambrose has potential because look, we have to deal with this. But I, we have to deal with this show again. They're getting a second season. They're getting a Christmas special after this this December. Christmas special coming up. We're gonna have to deal with that crap. And then there's. More, more Sabrina coming. Maybe even crossovers with the Riverdale bunch, which would be kind of weird, considering like they, at one point they were reading a Riverdale comic, an Archie comic, in the comic book store. So that would be kind of weird, but whatever. Look, I'm just saying. I think if you like this show, man, you are on my naughty list. So, because I, I think this show is massively, massively overrated. Underrated. Okay. So, what I have for you guys in my underrated is the amount of work that some of these men in these comic book movies, the work they put in to look screen ready for us. It's insane. I, like a couple months ago, I, we, we posted on the Blows United Instagram page Stephen Amell's training session for Arrow. I'm sorry, but that man was doing things that I did not even know were possible for him to look that way. The way he looks in Arrow on a day-to-day basis is insane. And then today, I was also looking at... Um, Chris Hemsworth working out and training for this other um, movie that he's in that apparently plays a military person 
and what he was doing my word it was magic I how do I put this the work these men put in is astonishing and it's highly underrated and we don't look or talk about the effort they need to 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 show for them to look camera ready and it's something that i realized that it almost drove away hugh jackman especially with um playing logan slash wolverine and i think it was in logan he talked about how his training regimen for that in particular was so intense it was unhealthy like he was not healthy he looked amazing to us when we saw him on screen but what got him to that was some intense unhealthy practices that he said himself that he would not recommend anyone do he was barely eating or something like or starving himself something along those lines and then just before like making sure he had no water nothing like he was draining his body of all water and then he would have like one sip or something just before shooting to look revived or some something along those lines i may be getting this completely wrong but point is the things these men have to do in order to look camera ready and for us women to be like oh my god look at him he's so sexy like oh my god i really love him we forget that body shaming affects men as well like it's not something that's a woman issue alone so we got to appreciate these men when they put in this work come on women let's appreciate the work they put in cuz it goes so underrated we just assume that they live their lives looking that amazing no they're human beings they look like human beings they work out every now and then but to look the way they do in these movies they're putting in work that we didn't even think about and that's why these actors male actors and the work they put in behind the scenes to look deliciously perfect for us on screen is absolutely underrated and we need to acknowledge that cuz they honestly for real they they get the same pressures as women do i know um the guy who plays the flash i forget his name all the time but he's been called like he's been called out like it's insane for um like okay now that he's been called out for body shaming but people have body shamed him that saying that oh he's too skinny why is he so damn skinny he can't be the flash when he's that skinny like no he's got no meat in him he, he needs to you know bulk up guys 
I, I, mm, I think he looks amazing personally because I'm pretty sure that the work he's doing behind the scenes is so intense could be the most unhealthy thing he's actually doing to his body and then all he's getting is negative stuff about how his body looks nah not cool so my underrated for this week is the workout routines of our superhero characters they 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 don't they don't get as much appreciation as they should because they do some major work and i'm proud of them for that
so sadly, you've come to the end of the show. Did you enjoy it? Did you not like it? Would you like to ask some questions? Or better yet, answer some of the questions we've already asked? Well, here are a few ways you can do that. You can tweet us on Twitter, at United. You could DM us on Instagram, at United. Or you can contact us directly on our Facebook page and join our Facebook group. Or, if you get the Anchor app, you can even send us a voice note. How about that? Hope you enjoy your day.